soul cries out with the joyful shout that the God of my heart is great. Welcome to Mountain Grace, the weekly sermon from me, John White, priest at St. Luke's Episcopal Church in Camillus, New York. This week it's the second Sunday after Christmas, and we're hearing about Matthew's story of Jesus' early life. My weakness you did not spurn, so from east to west shall my name be blessed, could the world be about to turn. This is the Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew. After the wise men had left, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet, Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother and went to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what the prophet had spoken might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. So in this gospel reading this morning, we kind of pick up the Christmas story with the departure of the wise men. And if we remember back into the story that we didn't read, that after, according to Matthew, the child was born, three wise men, actually it doesn't say three wise men, it says wise men from the east. There's three gifts, and so we always say the three wise men. But there could have been 50. No one really knows. But the wise men saw a sign that told them that there was a new king being born in the land of Judea. And so they headed out. And on their way, they stopped in Jerusalem at the palace of Herod, who was king, and said, We saw in the stars a sign that a new king has been born. We want to go see him. And Herod was a little dismayed at this because he was the king and he didn't know of any new kings being born. And so he decided that he would try to get them to tell him where the Christ child might be born. And so they consulted the wise men of Israel and they said, well, the child should be born in Bethlehem and the wise men go there. And they bring some really not very useful gifts for babies. 
of gold and frankincense and myrrh. They're very symbolic, and, and gold's worth some money, and actually the incense is worth a lot of money too. But there's a great Facebook meme right now that says, scholars now believe that baby Jesus ignored the three gifts and just played with the boxes. <laughs> Pro I mean, probably, right? At any rate, they bring these gifts, they pay homage to Jesus, but they are warned by an angel to not go back to Herod, but to find their way home by another way. And so they return back to Persia from which they came. And in this reading today, it, it leaves out three verses in the middle. Right, so we get the part where after they leave, the angel warns Joseph that he needs to get out to go and take Mary and Jesus to Egypt because Herod is seeking after his life. And then in the three verses that get left out, it says that Herod, when he realized that he had been tricked by the wise men because they had not returned, became infuriated. And so he sent his soldiers to Bethlehem based on what the wise men had told them. And they rounded up all of the children, all the male children under the age of two and killed them. We call it the murder of the innocents. And then it says that after that had happened, Herod died. And we pick up the story in this morning's gospel where the angel now tells Joseph to return to Jerusalem or to Judea, to the land of Israel. But being afraid to stay in Judea, a little too close to Herod's kin, he goes away to Galilee, which is ruled by a different family altogether. And in our gospel reading today, we kind of go to this, like, this great work of the angel before and after. But we've left out this part, and it's actually included elsewhere in the lectionary, but, but I think it's really important. I, I want to I rest right there for a minute. That, that Herod, in his fear and in his anger about this great gift that God has given the world, right? That's how we think of the coming of Jesus, this great and glorious gift. But Herod saw it only as a threat. And in his fear and in his anger, he lashed out and he murdered these children of Bethlehem to try to get rid of his potential rival. To assuage his fears, he engages in a most heinous and evil act. And, and this idea of sacrifice, I think, is really important. It's actually at the, really at the core of Christian understanding of the world. Right? Because we know, we know that Jesus was sacrificed. Right? Jesus was executed by the government. He was crucified on a cross, a horrific and agonizing way of death. We understand that sacrifice. But this great good news that God is bringing into the world through Jesus is born upon not just the sacrifice of Jesus, but on the sacrifice of so many others, on these children who are the first to be sacrificed in Jesus' name but also on the martyrs that we know from Christian history, that, that through, especially in the early days of the church, to, to claim to follow Jesus imperiled one's lives, and so many people gave their lives. All of the disciples pretty much were, were martyred, and so many other people throughout the ages. And, and even until today, people who witness for Jesus 
and places of the world and peril their lives. That the bringing forth of this great good news comes at a cost. Now, I don't imagine any of us here are probably ever going to be called on to be martyrs in that way. We live in a society where uh, people may be dismissive of our faith, but it's unlikely that any of us are going to be rounded up or arrested or, or be executed. And yet at the same time, I believe that each of us is still called to a sacrificial way of life. To follow Jesus, right? To make that choice, to follow Jesus, automatically implies that there are other choices that we aren't making, right? We are sacrificing those other choices because the follow Jesus, we believe, is the best way. That the example that Jesus gives in his own life offers a model for us that provides the best life possible. But there are sacrifices involved in that choice, right? It's, it's at the core of, of who we are as Christian people. In the old language of the prayer book, you know, before the prayer book we use now, we still have it in right one, which we don't use very often here. But in the Eucharistic prayer, there's this really beautiful line, and it says that um, I offer unto thee my body, right? or myself, my soul, and my body, to be a reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice. A reasonable, holy, and living sacrifice of our souls and our bodies. It's a call upon us to be people of generosity, people who are willing to, to not give in to our fears, but to hold on to our hopes. And it's, it's a reasonable sacrifice, which is to say that it's doable. To follow Jesus, to model your life on Jesus' example is something that you can do. To follow Jesus doesn't take superhuman will. It doesn't take the faith of, of you know, some great saint and they named the church after. Jesus tells us it takes a mustard seed of faith to follow in his way. And the way that Jesus offers us is not complicated. But it is hard. It is sacrificial. It calls on us to love God and God's creation and likewise to love the people that we find ourselves in the midst of. And we all know that sometimes living in community requires that we give up something of ourselves. Marriage requires that we give up something of our individual selves so that together we might be something greater. Community works the same way. That gathered together as God's people, we can do far more than each of us working independently on our own. That there is strength in this sacrifice of community. And that when we we are willing to forego the things that are sometimes really attractive, right? When we're willing to forego things that, that our selfish, fearful selves want, like Herod, who wanted power and riches. And he was willing to do anything, anything to hold on to it. If we give in to those things, we wander far from the path that Christ has 
blazed for us. So our faith, our community life, our witness, our ability to make manifest God's great promise for human life in this world is at heart sacrificial. We give up our selfish pursuits so that everyone else, including us, can live to be the people we were created to be. We want to live in a community where every child can live into its potential, where our relationships are honored with with dignity and integrity, where no one wants or needs for the basics of life. That is God's great vision. And the only way we can achieve it is to give up our individual selfish pursuits and fears and gather together with generosity of spirit and of resources and make it happen. Our faith rests, our whole tradition rests on those who are willing to sacrifice for us. And the great hope of this world depends upon our willingness to be people of generous sacrifice here and now. Amen.